are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. My heart's desire this morning is, as I sit here, uh, to ask the Lord uh, to help me to get the bread down on the table, uh, to get it within the reach of the youngest that are here, and be able to help maybe the oldest that are here. And so I know this morning I'd share this message that I prayed with you on this subject. He got more than he asked for. And what stirred it uh, in one place, especially, was over in the book of Acts. Uh, when I read there, of where, and if you wanted to turn there, you could, where a man lame uh, from birth uh, at the doorsteps of the church uh, had asked Simon Peter uh, to uh, help him and give some alms. And Simon Peter said, uh, Uh, I don't have anything to put in your cup, but such as I do have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he reached down to lift him up, and uh, he didn't have alms to put in his cup, but by the touch of the Lord through Peter, he got new legs and was leaping and rejoicing with that. He just got far more than he asked for. Aren't you glad today that there's so many, many places in the Scripture when you begin reading through Genesis all the way to the book of the Revelation that so many places God invites us to call on Him and to call on Him and knowing, as it says in the New Testament, if He hears our cry, then we know that we get what we've asked of Him. And so I've been asking a lot lately and searching the scriptures lately. And I read in the psalm in 2 and 8, Ask of me and I shall give thee. Matthew's gospel 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given unto thee. Good measure pressed down. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 3. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. And then we go to the book of James for another in 4 and verse 2. And you have not simply because you you ask not. I got to thinking about that asking business. Pastoring some 40 years and preaching some 60 years. I got to thinking about this asking business. Uh, Sometimes when we ask and ask a right of the Lord, we can uh, get more from the Lord than we even ask for. He's that great a God. But I also realize that through preaching through the years, there are two ways of asking God. There is one way of audibly asking the Lord. There is another way of asking by just the decisions you make or the commitments that you make in life. Uh, We've often said uh, in various 
things that we've seen take place before us or about to take place before us. Uh, we've said to that young lady uh, who's about to marry that man, Honey, I'm telling you, you're just asking for trouble. Uh, we've said to our young people, Don't get committed to that crowd. Don't run with that crowd. Don't run. Don't associate with those people. If you do, you're just asking for trouble. You're just asking for heartache. And so there is an audible way of asking, but there is that way when we make the decision, certain decisions in life, certain commitments in life, that we're really just asking for trouble. We're asking for heartache and we're asking for loss along life's way. In East Cape, we generally get more than we're asking for, more that we wish that we had never gotten by the decision that we have made in life. Uh, when I went over to Acts chapter 3 and read how uh, this crippled man from birth simply got more than he asked for, asking for alms, but then just asking, asking he got legs to walk on and new legs to live on, and he got more than he asked for. By asking, Solomon got far more than he asked for. And when you read the Bible in First Kings about chapter 3, you'll find that when Solomon came to the throne of his father David, he simply went to the Lord and asked the right thing. Audibly, he asked the right thing because he has said, Lord, he said, this position is too beyond me. It's too far above me. Lord, I, I want to just ask you if you'll give me the wisdom to be able to lead these people and to govern these people in the right way. He was asking for the right thing. He wasn't asking things personally of monetary values of things for himself. But then I read in the Bible over here, the scripture says in First Kings in chapter 3, he said, Give therefore thy servant understanding, an understanding heart to judge the people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great a people? Boy, he was asking for the right thing. But he got far more than he was asked for, asking for because he was asking for the right thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself, long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked the life of thy lying enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern knowledge and judgment. God gave him far more. He said in verse 13, and I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked for, both riches, honor, and wisdom, and of course you and I know, uh, Solomon, that wise 
wise man of God. He was asking the right thing and got far more than he asked for. But on the other hand, when I go over to the book of Joshua, and I read how that Joshua, after getting his instructions from the Lord as to how to go about winning Jericho and how to getting the walls down. And I'll not go through all of that in this morning hour, but the directions were given to him. And Joshua then said to the people, this is how we'll go about the plan that God has given We'll follow it, and uh, on that last day, we'll shout, we'll sound the trumpet, and the walls will be coming down. But God had said to Joshua, and uh, saying to the people, just remember this, just be satisfied with the victory that you have, and the walls coming down. Don't touch the spoil, leave nothing there. Nothing, all you just be satisfied with the victory. Because all of the spoil is of the Lord's. And for you to touch it or to covet it, it would be a curse to you. Well, when we read this story, we find that there was a family man by the name of Achan. Well, he was also enlisted in the army. He no doubt did part of the marching around the city. Maybe he was one of the men that shouted the victory and saw the walls come down. But he made a bad decision. A decision uh, that would certainly bring sorrow and heartache. He wasn't asking for that, but by the decision he made, it brought heartache and sorrow and loss great loss to him. For the Bible says that the walls did come down. The Bible says there was that shout of victory and they went back to camp with a great victory and they they reveled in the victory but there was another battle to be fought in a little place called Ai. And uh, there was no need to send a great army over there to such a small place and not needing a great army to go there. and uh, But the Bible says uh, that this man, Achan, uh, he had done something to cause defeat when they went over into Ai. They got licked. I think they lost some 36 people in that battle, came back. Joshua couldn't figure out what in the world has happened here. We had such a great victory here and here. This little city puts us on the run. We've lost 36 people. Uh, What's the matter? And God is saying to Joshua, Joshua, there's sin in the camp. And so Joshua starts having roll call. And finally, when he gets to Achan, Achan confesses, I'm the guilty one. I did what God said that I shouldn't do. I took of the accursed thing, that which was the Lord's. I saw the Babylonian's garment, and I saw the gold, and I saw the silver, and and I coveted them, and I took them. Just by the decision he made was going to bring him heartache, sorrow, 
more loss than he could take care of and could stand. For the Bible says, when we read there in Joshua in chapter 7, he said in verse 21, I coveted, then I took, he said. And Joshua said, and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, and all that he had. And they stoned them with stones. They burned them with fire. And Achan, because of a decision that he made, decision that he made brought his whole family down with him. I'd like to spend a good bit of time there this morning, but I just want to say to us fathers, we got to be careful about the associations that we make, about the decisions that we make. We can't take our whole family down in the heartache and troubles and losses. So we need the wisdom of Solomon to be able to pray. We need the wisdom that God said that we could have if we ask because he is the only one that teaches wisdom. We don't have a professor in this college nor other college that teaches wisdom because there's only one teacher and that's God. But thank God we all have the privilege to ask him and get him. Decision made brought heartache and sorrow. How many times maybe have I said or you said, Boy, I wish I hadn't have done that. Well, that was a bad decision on my part. That didn't work out right. That didn't work out good. And I've lost rather than gained in life. There is a man we call Samson. Uh, just by the association, uh, just by the decision that he made, it brought great heartache and sorrow and loss to a great champion of Israel. That mighty giant for God made a bad decision when he lay in the lap of Delilah, not only losing his strength and his power, but his eyes, his testimony. So there's great loss for us to take by just making a bad commitment, joining up with the wrong crowds, and uh, young people, I would say today, oh, be very, very careful about who you run with. You could just be asking for trouble by going in that direction, by joining that group, uh, going with that outfit. Uh, just stay true to God, and God will bless you along the way. There is a father we read about in the book of Luke in chapter 15 who had two sons. And the younger of those two sons said to his father, I want that which is going to be given to me. I'd like it now. I'd like my portion of my inheritance. I'd like it now. Because uh, for some reason, I don't know why, don't have an explanation for it. Maybe he had just gotten over uh, too many restrictions. Maybe he'd gotten over having to be in by 9 or 10 o'clock at night. 
Maybe he'd just gotten too much church going. He just wanted to get away from it all. And the Bible says, as we read that, he asked for his portion. But the Bible also tells us in this portion of Scripture that he got all of his portion and he gathered it all. But then he went into a far country and spent it all and wasted it all on righteous living. He had asked for his portion, but he got poverty. So in many cases, you don't have to audibly ask. Just by the decision you make, then you find, then we find we made a bad decision. But let us return back, if we could, for a little bit time this morning. Let's turn back to the that, that, that son who decided to go in another direction. And when I see him, I see him uh, thinking to himself and talking to himself about what in the world am I doing in this place. I made a bad decision when I joined up with this crowd in a far country. I made a bad decision when I left the father's house. When you go back to Solomon even, and the decision that Solomon made, uh, how did he do? What did he do? Did he do well with that uh, which the Lord blessed him with abundantly? We find that he said, uh, I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there is not a, be a king upon thee all the days of his life. And so he was blessed abundantly by asking the right thing. But what did he do with that which God blessed him with in such a wonderful way? The Bible says when we read in 1 Kings at 11, we'll find he didn't do well because his heart, because of the wives that he had taken, turned his heart away from God. And Solomon, the Bible said, did evil in the sight of the Lord and uh, was not fully calling after the Lord as did his father David. He had increased everything in his life he wanted to have. The Bible says, I made me great works. I made me gardens. I made me pools of water. He said, I gathered me silver. I gathered me gold. And so I was great and increased more than all that was before me in Jerusalem. Whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. And so he had all that he had, but he didn't do well uh, when he gathered it up and turned against the Lord. The Bible says, he said in Ecclesiastes, all is vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. He says to the young people, keep that foot when thou goest to the house of God. Be more ready to hear than to give sacrifice of fools. Uh, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay to it, for it hath no pleasure in fools. Ecclesiastes, he said, remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. And so great admonition is given to us in Scripture about asking audibly, but asking by decisions you make. The prodigal son, we call him, was in a far country now. Uh, he was in a place where all was gone that he had. 
and uh, he would have joined himself uh, to one of those in that country that was far away. Uh, without anything left now, uh, he would like to have a job feeding the swine and the hogs, and, and uh, he comes to himself. Boy, that, that's a good thing when somehow we can come to ourselves when we really know that we've made the bad decision and we've made the wrong commitments in life along the way. I think he was just saying, what in the world am I doing in this position here desiring to eat what the hogs are eating? Look at me. Look at the state that I'm in and... I'm thinking about what it's like back home at the father's house. And then he said the right thing to himself. He said, I'm fixing to get up. I'm fixing to get up out of this place. And when I thought about it this morning and last night again, I really could think that this application could be, could be given to an unsaved man who was brought up in a good house. It could be a saved man brought up in a good house because of two things he said to himself and then said to his father when he got there. He said, first of all, and he got it in the right order, he said, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against my father. Where did he learn about heaven? How did he happen to know about heaven? Uh, that it was wrong to sin against heaven. How did he learn that? Ever learned it? He learned it back at the house. Maybe he was brought up in a good house. Hey, children, if you're brought up in a good house, don't overlook it. Don't try to run away from it. There's not a better house to get into. The swine house is not better than the father's house. Hey, stay in the church. Stay in the house where it's a Christian house. Uh, where they talk about God. Where they talk about heaven. Where they talk about sin. Hey, I believe he could be an unsaved man. He could be a saved man. Two applications at least could be made. He said, I've sinned against heaven. That's getting it in the right order. Brother, when I sin, like David said, my sin is against thee. And against the only, oh God. May I say to you young people today, watch out with the associations you make. Watch out with the decisions you make to get away from all your standards and church going and get to the far country. The far country hadn't got anything to offer you. The house has something to offer you. Your house, if it's a Christian house, and just this the house which is the house of God. Hey, don't get away from the right thing. Don't get away from the good thing. He got away from everything that was good, got everything that was bad. And he got to himself, hey, it's a good thing when you learn to talk to yourself. Some of us at times ought to be more talking to ourselves. What in the world am I doing this? I ought to make a change in my life. I ought to make a, a better decisions in my life. Hey, I need to get back with the right crowd. That's the church crowd. That's the crowd that's going to heaven. So I believe he got it in the right order. I believe he said, I'm going to get up. And that was the first good decision he made. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go home. 
I'm going to tell my father I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. That's not easy to do. To confess that you've been wrong. That you've sinned against your parents. Kids don't sin against your parents. Just love them. Respect them. Well, my parents always don't. Just respect them because they're your parents. Just love them. May I say to the parents, keep on loving that wayward kid. I'm going to give up on him. He said, I'm going to get up. I'm going home. And boy, that was a good direction he was going in. He was going away from home before. Now he's going back home. It's always good to go back home. And so he said, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to go home and confess my sin and confess to the Father. And so he did. He got up and he started home. And as he's making his way back home, there was a man sitting out on the front porch. He'd been out there every day for a long time. But he just wouldn't give up looking. I believe he didn't give up praying. Praying for that boy. But he, he saw somebody coming down the road. Yes, sir. I can tell by the way he walks. <laughs> that boy walks like my boy. Uh-huh. I believe that's my boy. Boy, he runs down to meet him and he can't say a word. He's down his head. He's got hog slop all over him. He smells like the pigs. He looks terrible. His shoes terrible. But he loves him. Kisses him on the neck. And he hugs him. And the boy can't hardly say a word. He finally said, well, Dad, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Just hold on a minute. I want you to know I've sinned against heaven. And his dad is still hugging him. And the slop dripping off of him and the hog slop all over him. Mm-hmm. He said, Father, he said, I, I've sinned against you and I'm not here. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just get me a place down in the bunkhouse. And dad says, no, no, you're not going to serve. You're my son. You're not sleeping in the bunkhouse tonight, son. You're sleeping in the big house. You look better. Hey, he looks better. He needs to be dressed up better. He's getting more than he asked for now. All he asked was for the bunkhouse. Now he's getting in the big house. He said, I'll just take whatever they eat down at the little house at the bunkhouse. It'll be one of the servants. He said, no, honey. No, son, you're home. Hey, we need to put some new shoes on him. We need to put a coat on his back. We need to put a ring on his finger. He was getting far more than he asked for. He looks good now. Got a new coat. Got that smell off of him. He's washed in the blood. Mm. Mm. The father's happy. He's happy. Heaven's happy. A child has come home. Amen. A child has come home. 
Thank you, son. You look better now. Yeah, you look a lot better now. He lost it all and come back not asking for anything. But he got more than he asked for. Isn't that right? He was eating eating slop or would like to have eaten slop that the pigs were eating. His dad said, you're not eating slop tonight, you're eating steak tonight, son. Because tonight we're going to kill a fatted calf. You know what the fatted calf is? That's the calf that they kept. Didn't put him out with everybody else. They kept him in the stall. They fed him special food. They called him the fatted calf. Because when they had a special guest or something special going on, they wouldn't just go out and field get any calf. They'd get the fatted calf. Eating steak tonight. No slop tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm just thinking tonight as I think about that story. I wonder who's coming to the Father's house. Who needs to come back to the Father's house? Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.